the morning. Can you hear me? Am I coming through? I think so. Yeah, good. Uh, hey, shall we pray before we start? God, you're so welcome in this time and in this space. We sit for a moment of stillness. We open our hearts and open our minds to you. We thank you for your word. Holy Spirit, you're so welcome to minister to us this morning. Come and move among this, your people here. Amen. Going to start with one of our favorite games, Guess the Song. You're going to hear a song play to you, and I wonder if you can guess what the song is. Uh, go for it, Andy. Thank you. When darkness is to win Where are you now When the world is crumbling Oh, I, I, I hear you say I hear you say Look up, child parties, at funerals, that classic made famous, like Ralph said, by Frank Sinatra. And I'm sure you'll be familiar with the lyrics. We all just joined in then, didn't we? The story of the person in the song, so proud to get to the end of their life, maybe, and have done it their way. It's a rousing number. It nearly got us all going this morning with the swaying. Um, I've got memories of singing it at family parties, of getting really roused up by it, um, and belting it out. But that might be just me, I'm not sure. But it's one of those songs that's actually, when you think about the lyrics, that's challenged me um, as, about when we think about how we live our lives as Christians. Is it our way? Or is our call when we choose to follow Jesus to live our lives according to God's way. That's our opener for this morning. I'll come back to my way at the end. So as we've heard from our Bible reading, we'll pick up today in the story of um, Paul's letter to the Corinthians in chapter 3. And Paul asks the church in Corinth some pretty tough, quite frank 
questions. I don't know whether you picked them up as we were hearing from Joanne. Um, He says, why are you still quarreling and living in jealousy? Haven't you grown up yet? Who is it that you follow? What are you building? And how are you doing it? They're bold, sucker-punch questions that get right to the core of their lives, both as individuals, but as a community of believers as well. He's not so harsh all the way through the passage. Um, He does also affirm some of his prior teaching to them. He reminds them that they are God's field, God's building, the place where God wants to be at work. He reminds them that together they are God's temple, that the power of the Holy Spirit lives in each one of them, and that they belong to Jesus. Jesus belongs to God, and so they have, the, have access to the mind of God through Jesus, each one of them. And as I was preparing for this message, I wondered if, if Paul was to write us a letter to God's church here in Accrington, what questions would he have for us? What bold, sucker-punch questions would Paul dare to ask of us? And so I prayed about it, of course. And as I was praying and asking God, uh, God said, I want my children to get to know me, to get to know my will, to get to know my will for their lives as I designed for them. And so I've got some questions for us this morning based on Paul's questions to the church in Corinth. My first question for us is, who are we following Like we heard last week, one of the challenges in the Corinthian church, due to the culture of their society, was that people followed individual preachers or leaders due to their likes or dislikes. It was one of those who's the most popular contests. And it was causing division. Paul says, no, 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 you've got it all wrong. You're looking at the wrong thing. You're focusing on the wrong thing. It's not about talents or popularity of one leader or another. No, 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 no. It's about God. And so when the question, who are we following, comes, we need to change what we're looking at. It's not his way or her way. It's God's way. And when we put the question of who are we following in the context of building and growing as God's people in Accrington, the answer to the question has to be, we're following Jesus. Not one leader or another, like the Corinthians were saying, I follow Paul or I follow Apollos. We have the opportunity to focus on the fact that we all follow Jesus. We have the opportunity to look to God, finding our unity in the same purpose, to build on the foundation of Jesus, to do it God's way. And when we choose to follow Jesus, and we realize that that it's that that what, sorry, it's that that unites us, God through his Holy Spirit has room to work. 
There's a freedom that comes, that permits growth, that welcomes, that affirms, that celebrates difference. And of course, this question has two layers to it. As an individual, who am I following? And as a community of believers, who are we following? That's question number one. Question number two is, what are we building on? What are we building on? Paul clearly reminds the Corinthians that the only foundation to build church is on Jesus. And it's quite frank again, if it's built on anything else, then it's not church. Paul clearly reminds the Corinthians that the only foundation to build on is Jesus. If it's, not, if it's built on anything else, then it's not church. So as we want to grow, and as we want to build, we have the opportunity to assess what our foundation is what our core values are that help us to make decisions. Paul, in his letter to the Corinthians, warns against faulty foundations and using perishable building materials. And it got me thinking, well, what could faulty foundations be? Have a think for yourself for a moment. What could a faulty foundation be? Maybe it could be wealth. Maybe it could be security. Maybe it could be success. Maybe it could be human relationships. What would you add to the list of faulty foundations? And again, this question has two layers to it. As an individual, what am I building on? And as a community of believers, what are we building on? God's ask to us and desire for us is that we answer the question, is, as we answer the question, is for us to put our trust in him, in God's will and in God's way. So you might be sat there thinking, okay, Katie, so what is God's will and God's way? If that's what we're to trust, then what is it? Well, I think God's will and God's way has three things to it. Firstly, a life of hope and promise. When we look at Jeremiah 29, 11 to 14, I'll read it to us. Um, it says, for I know the plans I have for you. This is really familiar to us, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not for disaster to give you a future and a hope. In those days when you pray, I will listen. If you look for me wholeheartedly, you will find me. I will be found by you, says the Lord. God's will and God's way for us is to have a life of hope and of promise. I think God also wants to give us some really good gifts. Um, I haven't put the Bible verse down. It's Matthew, I know that. Um, uh, it's when, uh, so I'll read it. It's, you parents, if your children ask for a loaf of bread, 
do you give them a stone instead? Or if they ask for a fish, do you give them a snake? Of course not. Those of us that are parents would never dream to give those things as gifts to our children. So if you sinful people know how to give good gifts to your own children, how much more will your heavenly Father give good gifts to those who ask him? God's will for us is to give us the best gifts ever. I think God's will for us is also to trust in God and to trust that God is doing a good work. Because we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose for them. So following Jesus, trusting in God, we build with the eternal material of faith. When Paul talks about using perishable building materials, let's use the eternal building material of faith. That all sounds pretty amazing. God's will for us, those good things that he desires for us. And it is amazing. It completely is amazing. But this life of following Jesus isn't always hunky-dory. I know at this time it's not always hunky-dory for all of us sat here. I know some of us might be saying, saying something like, yeah, Katie, I've tried that. I've tried looking to God for his will and way in my life. And quite frankly, it's leading to pain and sorrow and suffering. I hear you. God hears you. God sees you. God is with you. God is with you. God is at work for you, even when you don't feel it, even when you don't believe it. He is at work, and he promises to exchange those things for hope, for joy, for peace and everlasting life. In our times of pain, God is working to restore to strengthen and to heal. So if you're in that place this morning, put your hope in that promise that God is at work for you. He is building you. He is strengthening you. He is healing you. He is restoring you. So keep going. That's my encouragement to us this morning. Keep going. Keep building on the firm rock-solid, dependable, victorious foundation of Jesus. Trust God. Trust God's ways. Do you remember two weeks ago I talked to us about the topsy-turvy nature of the kingdom of God? God's ways are higher than ours. His thoughts are beyond anything we could imagine. None of it makes sense in this world. But trust God. Trust God for his goodness and his faithfulness to us. So like Paul implored the Corinthians, 
I implore each one of us together to let's put our faith and our trust in God. I'm going to say something quite radical now. Don't put your trust and your faith in, our, in your human leaders, in me as a minister. Because my role as a minister is to point us towards God, to equip each one of us to grow with God individually and as a community of believers. It's not about following me or another. It's about following God, trusting him. I wonder if you've ever felt really known by somebody. Maybe it's a parent. Maybe it's a close friend. Maybe it's a partner or a sibling. Um, I don't know about you, if you've got brothers or sisters, there's a really strong bond between me and my sisters. Um, it's a really special and empowering dynamic in a relationship to be known. And guess what? I'm sure you can guess this. No one knows you more than the, the being that created you. No one knows you more than God. And he wants us to get to know him. We are known so deeply, so completely by God. And his desire for us is for us to get to know him. To get to know how he sees. To get to know how he loves. How he loves you. How he loves his children. How he loves his world. But to do that, we've got to seek him. We've got to seek him as our firm foundation. To give God room and to give God access to us. For when we seek, we are promised that we will find. So the final questions I have for us this morning are questions to take with us into every part of our week and our lives. They are questions for us to ask God. So not questions for us to ask ourselves, but actually as we seek God, questions to equip us to seek him. I wonder if you'd ask this this week. God, what do you see? God, what would you say here? And I can already hear some of the response coming back to me as I'm suggesting these questions to us. But, but Katie, I don't know how to do that. Um, God doesn't speak to me. I don't hear him. I don't, I, I don't know. If I ask that question, I don't know whether what I get back is from God or not. I'm confused. God does speak to you. Oh, yes, he does. And you do know, you do know, because you've got access to the mind of Christ. Paul says at the end of chapter 3, he says, everything belongs to you. You belong to Jesus, and Jesus belongs to God. Everything we need, everything we need to know God and his ways are given to us. So I say it again. Oh, yes, you do. Why don't you give it a try? Maybe ask a friend to seek God with you. If you're in a small group, share with those who you journey with. 
and ask God, what do you see? What would you say here? This is one of our frequent traps. Don't forget to listen. Give time to listening. God is always near. He's all around you. He's all around all of us all the time. He is in everything. So it might be a still, small voice that you hear. It might be looking at a flower and seeing the beauty of God and his radiance in that, in that nature. It might be in, an, in the smile of another, not necessarily a Christian, and you see God. So let's follow Jesus. Let's build on his foundation using the eternal building materials of faith and trust in God. Let's change our song from my way to God's way. I'm going to invite us to pray together. Um, And I really like it if you... Uh, Well, I invite you to. Of course, I would really like it, but I invite you to say some words with me as we pray and respond to what God's been doing in our hearts this morning. So I'm going to pray. I will say some words. And then if you would like to, feel free to join in and say the words after me. So let's pray. God, I trust you. I want to trust you more. God, have your way in me. God, I give you all of me. Because you have given all of you and your promises to me. God, I trust you. God, have your way in me. Amen.